Hello and welcome to In The Clock End, an awesome podcast with me, Steve. And joining me this afternoon, I've got Carl with me. Welcome, mate. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad, Steve. Not too bad at all. Happy, what day is it? Wednesday? Wednesday. I'm going to go with Wednesday. I should know these things, you know, working Monday to Friday, but there we go. I'm all good. I'm all good. Hum day. Is that, is that what they call it? I can't call it hump day because, look, you say the word hump, look, I'm a child and I've got a really dirty mind. It's just going somewhere, which, look, this segue is lovely into where our uh, our other guest uh, resides, and that's over in Holland, I guess, Johnny. I'm delighted to announce that uh, Liam is back tonight. His, his girlfriend has released the handcuffs. <laughs> She's removed the sellotape. <laughs> and he's joined us. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, although I, I'm under the impression we're being rather prompt tonight because uh, it's somebody's anniversary, right? Exactly. They, these are the levels you need to aspire to, Liam. Okay, I'm still podcasting on, on my anniversary. Uh, but yeah, six years with my better half, and it'll be our last one as an unmarried couple. So now we, I had in our anniversary card today, I gave her a choice. What day do we celebrate our anniversary moving forward? Will it be today or will it be the 3rd of September? You celebrate both. Yes. That's what I'm trying to avoid, Steve. That's the whole purpose of the question. <laughs> <laughs> You're just thinking about your, your wallet, mate. Of course. Absolutely. It's all about the bottom line. Crikey. Why do you think I follow Arsenal, mate? That's all we care about. Make me sick. You'd be a good owner, you would. <laughs> I fucking wouldn't do a worse job than what we currently got, that's for sure. You'll be the richest man in the graveyard. Um, yeah pointless but no it's it's good to have you guys on tonight um we took a little bit of a hiatus last week uh, me and calvin did actually record but my mic just decided to give up and it was yeah it was a no-go um so we're going to sort of touch upon the super league and, and everton and then we'll have a little bit of a chat about tomorrow's game mm. Um, I know it's sort of old news now um, regarding the Super League. It, it was a crazy week last week. Uh, it was quite a surreal few days. Mm-hmm. I know me and you have spoken about it a lot, Carvin. Liam, I'd love to hear sort of what your thoughts uh, were were on it and um, how you felt about the the news and just just the story in general. Um, I guess I never really had an opinion sort of during it. Um, because it was all changing, like you say, it was a proper whirlwind 48 hours or 72 hour week or whatever it was, and it was like it changed every hour. So I just ended up getting to the point where I'm going, Nah, fuck the Super League. Uh, oh, okay, I can see the benefits. Nah, fuck it again. And I ended up just going, You know what? Just let this thing play out because I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, it's a, now we're kind of at the tail end, probably not a bad time to talk about it or just at least touch upon it. Um, I kind of, I never had an issue with the money side of things. There's always money in football. There's always greed in football. That's the Premier League and UEFA already are all about money. So that never bothered me. I've kind of, I guess I've accepted, uh, whether I'm on board with it, it's a different story, but kind of accepted that there's just this greed and money in football. I just couldn't get behind the sporting element. I really couldn't get behind that. No, I want Arsenal win this in whatever the best, biggest, best, top competition there is but mm. I wanted to earn it I wanted to be on some kind of merit and I didn't like that nobody could ever get relegated because what's the point it's just it doesn't interest me sport it's just a competitive release sport generally football tennis any other sport 
but there's no sport release. There's no competitive release there for me. So in my long rambled start, I guess my kind of, I, I'm against the Super League on its sporting principles more than anything and um, remains to be seen what comes about. You know, it's interesting what you said about um, like Sky and like the, and your, you know, you touched upon like the, the UEFA because I think in many ways they're not, you know, they're not innocent in all of this. Um, but it's it's sort of like you're focusing on what, what's relevant. You know, we can all, we, we often talk about this sort of fans when like Sky TV move games to like a Monday night or like a, a Saturday night now. And, you know, they, and they, they, have, they don't care about the fans who are travelling to the games. You know, like, um, when we recorded last week, Calvin touched upon mm. an Arsenal game where, you know, you booked flights um, and if, you know, we, we travelled to come over from Dublin and, and they moved the game. Um, so, yeah, they're not innocent in all this, but it, I, I completely agree with you. It, it was a complete mad week, a complete farce. Um, mm. I, I felt embarrassed to be involved. You know, as an Arsenal fan, I felt ashamed. Like, Sunday night, when I read the, the, uh, the official Arsenal statement, I was literally gobsmacked. Me and Calvin actually had a phone call, didn't we, about, you know, if, if this was to happen and we were we were throwing out the Premier League, would we continue following Arsenal? Obviously we would, but it's sort of like on a, on a you know, where's your moral compass? I think we could question that moral compass for a while, though, to be fair. I mean, look, we've got Visit Rwanda on our shirts. Do you know what I mean? Um, our owner isn't exactly squeaky clean. I don't think there's many billionaires that are, to be perfectly honest with you, because that's just an incredible amount of wealth. Uh, you've got to be very astute and look after yourself first and foremost. But I like your honesty, Liam, there, actually, I have to say about, because I think you'd be lying or maybe being a little bit ignorant towards yourself and say that you don't want Arsenal to be involved in something like that for being at the biggest and best league or whatever. I get that, do you know what I mean? Like, I like that you're probably one of the first people that would actually say that quite openly. Because um, I think a lot of us are just quick to jump on the, this is a load of shit bandwagon, which let's be perfectly honest with you. I was on that bandwagon because I don't agree with it. Much like you said, with okay. all your other points. And I can understand why as well. I want to yeah. let you know, I, I understand why people are there. No, 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 absolutely. And I think there's always, you've got to understand people's perspectives because there's nothing wrong with having an opinion, right? We've, we've said this so many times on this podcast already, but um, for me, like you, like it's got to be competitive. You've got to have risk. And uh, like you say, relegation is that risk. Um, also, it's, you know, Steve, I can I completely concur with you about the embarrassment about it as well, because, I mean, it is a bit of a shambles, isn't it? When we're sat in fucking, you know, mid-table. And, you know, we don't even have to look at just this season to class ourselves as mediocre when it comes to, to the European elite. We haven't been in the Champions League for, what, five years? Um, we've got to one Europa League final where we've got absolutely you know, pants down situation, which, you know, we won't hang around on that too long. I mean, look, but just on that final, there's a very, very strong message that that final sent to us as supporters from UEFA. Um, look where it was. It's in Baku. I think the, the allocation of tickets that both sets of fans got here was minimal compared to the size of the stadium that we had. I think it was 5,000 or something ridiculous Less for a than final. It was crazy. One of our players couldn't even go. So, look, this isn't something, you know, money, greed, you know, rich people at the top of the game are trying to extract as much as they can out of the game, out of the players. It's nice to see a few of the players step up and say, look, enough's enough. And it's quite funny that the, you know, the revamped, I'm going to say revamped um, <laughs> Champions League format, if any of you have seen it, it kind of got swept under the table a little bit. Small games by quite a lot if you want to go on and win it. Um 
ultimately it boils down to filling stadiums. I need more revenue. I need to sell more tickets. I want more match day revenue. And the players, look, we give them a hard time because they earn a lot of money. Um, Steve, I think I don't know whether we did speak about this on the pod last last week, but I've always defended the amount of money players earn. As much as I disagree with it, I think some amounts of money is, is insane, like 350 grand a week is mad. But this is an entertainment business we're now looking at. It's been like this for a long, long time. And my mum, growing up, she hated football. And she's like, oh, they're all overpaid. And this is 20 years ago. She thought they were overpaid. If I tried, tried to have this conversation with her today, Christ, it'd be quite funny. But what my example here is I'd use is movie stars, right? One film, top actor. How much are you getting per movie? Millions. Millions. Yeah. To do one film, which takes you however long. Bearing in mind also, if there's any risk involved in that film, they'll have a stunt double, Right. So they're doing all the easy stuff. And I get it. It's a name. You're a brand. That's what you want. That's how you sell your movies. This is how we sell football clubs. But these guys, you know, they do live a slightly restricted lifestyle, of course. They can't do all the things that we can, which is fine. Um, but they're entertaining millions, if not billions, week in, week out, sometimes twice a week. So, look, money and greed's been in the game for a long time. This, you know, the writing's been on the wall for this uh, proposed Super League. I mean, you know, you've seen all the newspaper clippings which people have unearthed from late 90s, David Dean's talking about it um, in the early 90s before Wenger even took over. So I'm glad it fell apart. I think we're all glad it fell apart. Like I said, though, I don't think it's the end. Um, are they testing the waters? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't have a problem with a replaced Champions League because I'm not, particularly sold on the Champions League as it is, I can kind of take it or leave. Maybe it's because Arsenal won it, but I can kind of take it or leave it at this point as well. I don't, I didn't even watch the, the semi-finals last night. Chelsea versus Real Madrid, big game of football. Just, I, I didn't, I just couldn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got no problems with a replacement Champions League mm. kind of system. If someone has mm. a better idea and can bring it in. And, I guess one of the reasons why I also accepted the money is because they prom it was a promise that, you know, it gets pumped down into the football pyramid. If there's going to be money in the game and there's going to be greed, at least that some people at the bottom have it, you know, and there was going to be more that got down to those lower leagues. And I follow Southend United, where my family are from, Southend-on-Sea. Mm. So I was quite pleased at least, like, all right, there's a lot of money going to these big clubs. I'm not necessarily keen on that. I've accepted it happens, though. But at least it's going down the pyramid and you know, with this Super League brings South Engine like to South End United getting the more money they need to stay afloat so that we don't have teams like um uh, Grimsby. who was it? Was it yeah, Grimsby, was it who Berry? Oh, was it not Berry? No, Berry, that's St Edmunds. So we don't yeah. have teams like Berry St Edmunds going out of football because of the forces outside of their control. Um mm. I think it did just make me sad though, because the thing I I came to was, you know, our motto, Victoria Concordia Crescent, mm. literally translated as victory through harmony. And, and this wasn't victory through harmony. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a line piece, but I, I couldn't help but come back to our motto. And that is one thing that I fell in love with Arsenal for. And well, it, they, they, there's two things just didn't align. It made me quite sad, if I'm honest. It's more it's like, it's more like victory through Super League. <laughs> victory through any means possible. Before you go on, mate, I was going to say about uh, what you said, Liam, about Champions League. I, I, I share your your feelings. 
in the sense that like, I've not been watching it. I don't. I just don't watch it. Um, Calvin texted me yesterday saying he watched. Yeah. And I said no. I said I've watched none of them. Um, and that's not because I'm not interested. It's just because Arsenal in it. It really boils down to that. I would hate to get to the Champions League. Like you know, I want, I want Arsenal to be competing in it. You know, it's it's the ultimate mm-hmm. prize. You know, mm-hmm. it's still. I I guess I feel sick in my stomach whenever I catch a glimpse of that. Champions League final in Paris, like it's it, it, it's a horrible memory, and I still remember watching it as a kid. And you know, to, to go into some make made up the you know blase league, I have no interest in it. Um, so it, it really just really just for me just come down to because we're not in it. I think once we get back to it, you know, I mean that's what we talk about as Arsenal, awesome, isn't it? Like every every yeah. week we talk about trying to get back into Europe and, and compete with the best. It's all redundant if we just going to get in this like ridiculous phony league where there's no danger and no jeopardy of, of you know ever falling out of it. You know, in theory, let's say we get relegated from the Premier League into the Championship, are we still going to stay? Do we still stay in the in the Super League? Do we? It's 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 a ridiculous system. Uh, sorry, Calvin, go on, mate. No, 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 you're absolutely fine because you're you're talking about the thing I wanted to kind of touch on as well, and that's it's, you know, there's too many games in football as it as I was just talking about right now, and I think. You know, I, I put a post out about this and I just think we need to to revamp a lot of the things we need to modernise and just, you know, the, the Champions League's been in this format for quite some time and I know that they revamped it. Was it the early 90s, I think, they changed it? Maybe early yeah. mid-90s, something around 18, then they changed it. 96, maybe, something around there. It was around mm. the year I was born, I remember. It was around the time we kind of, the season after we got into it. So Well, they, they changed, you want know, the Champions League, sorry? Yeah. Because they, mm. they changed it in it, because I remember in 2002, we went out in the second group stage. That's so, it. There used to be a group stage followed oh, by another group stage. Yeah, then so I remember we yeah. went out. So I remember <laughs> my mom recorded the game because I was in the. I was like, I had to go to bed. It wasn't the last day. It was half nine. She recorded the game. It was when we played Juventus and lost like one nil in in like an. Do you remember it? It was like an empty mm. stadium in Turin. Yeah, they had some protests going like on the, the, the Dalalpai. Yeah, Dalalpai. Yeah, em, empty stadium. My mom was like, oh, I think they lost. Told me it's before the, of the on that night, <laughs> so I was yeah. watching the game in the morning. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> so just my point on that is, and I and I I mentioned this, and I think this isn't just a club level club level level. Um, it's to do, you know, if you look at, you know, I said it to you last week, Stephen, on the pod we didn't put out, and that was, you know, how many. I'm not a massive fan of international football, right? Um, it's funny that I live in a country where they're pretty shite. No offence, any Irish people, if you do listen, um, your, your football team's terrible. Um, but they've got, there's, a, there's a big passion for it, much more so than I feel that there is in the UK. But how many times have you seen like the, U, um, the UK, the English fixtures, and it's like England versus Moldova or San Marino? San Marino every year. Andorra. <laughs> Luxembourg, who Ireland actually lost to. That's how bad they are um, recently. But they're they're pointless. No offence to these clubs. And I love the fact, you know, we're talking about competition. It's about giving these smaller clubs and nations the chance to compete with the biggest. But I just think there's too many games that are pointless. There's too many friendlies as well. Let's just stop with the international friendlies at this stage. But, you know, also look at the, look at our group stages in Europa League over the last, well, ever since we've been in it, I guarantee you every year there's been at least one club in our group stage where you've gone, where the fuck is that? I ain't got a clue. Dundalk, an Irish team. Well, obviously I'm familiar with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the one time I was really disappointed that I could have watched well, the Arsenal would have been in this country. So good. It would have been great. Dublin, full of, like thousands of Gooners would have gone. Not even yeah, they would have played. They would have played it in Dublin as well. It would have been so good. Yeah, yeah. We, we were robbed that, of that. 
So, like, what I was trying to get onto here with all these games and, you know, players are giving out about it. Managers have been giving about this, giving out about this for ages. Um, you know, we only did this recently. You remember Saka got pulled out of the England squad for an injury? Yeah, yeah. We used to, exactly, Steve, you're right. It's, invert, it's a tactical pullout, right? Pullout game is strong. I mean, you could take that away. No babies. Whoa, whoa. At least one say you, One for you, mate, he's getting married too. Oh, Jesus, yeah, kids will be next, isn't it? I've already got a child and that's the dog. Um, but with these, all these games, it's just like, what What are we trying to achieve here? There's, you know, managers, we used to envy managers who pulled out their players. United used to do it all the time, especially when the running was, you know, intense. Um, so it's been a problem which has been ongoing. My thinking from club level would be to revamp Europe and go, I want the Champions League to be the elite again. And I, what I'd say is like, top two. Then you can do the Europa League, the next two, take you know qualified teams. So then it's the you know the third, fourth place team of the league, and then create a new. I've heard murmurings of a conference or a UEFA Conference League. Do that for the rest. Make that more competitive that. for everybody else that's involved. Instead of having Arsenal versus Luda fucking Goretz, wherever the fuck that is, I can't even remember. And um, that was in the Champions League as well, not even the Europa League games. That, but there you go. Like, what? No, and There's it is this, no offense. Yeah. It is no offense to these clubs. Um, but there is that what? I mean, you know, Gibraltar, for example, like, have they even won a game before? I don't even know. They weren't it, even a national team that long ago. And it's just as much as it's nice to have that, you know, anyone can beat anybody on their day. Sometimes in some situations, it's fucking pointless. Um, and they don't learn anything from that either. They're not becoming that much of a better side. Um, They've got their get... own interests as well. Like in their leagues, they're one of the best in their leagues. They don't give a fuck about playing Arsenal when they know they're going to get battered. Or mm. well, maybe not Arsenal, but like a chip. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, no, no, no. I know what you mean. I know, it's, it's... They don't care for the opposite way around. They they need to win their league games. I don't care. They know they're going to get mm. beat whatever team they put out, right, against the likes of, you know, mm-hmm. us, with all due respect to them. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They want to win their league because that's the one they're competitive in and going to win. That mm. you, It's about winning. Um, yeah. Makes it non-competitive on both sides. Exactly. I was thinking if, if you create an extra, Euro, you know, third tier of Euro, Europe, new trophy, like the Cup Winners' Cup used to be, for example. I don't know what happened to that. Um, but yeah, I just think you need to make it more competitive across the board. But then not only, you know, you're not going to lose revenue necessarily. Um, these games will still be televised. They'll still take place. But what you're doing is you're breaking it down into a far more even kind of competitive nature. Teams in the third tier belong, not necessarily belong there, but they're going to have better games. Their fans will be more inv- you know, invested into that. To be honest with you, the Europa League, weirdly, I've kind of enjoyed being in it. A little bit, take that with a pinch of salt, because you know we were getting slapped in the Champions League, lads, towards the end. You know, last sixteen, we never really went any further than that. It got a bit, a bit boring, and you know, a few lads. Predictable. Took... Yeah, predictable is the right word, Steve. And you know, that's not fun, is it? It's not fun when you're. It's like you just said with Ludogorets. They know we're gonna. You know, they know they're coming over to whatever this Premier League team is, and they're gonna get slapped. We were going into the last sixteen, and pretty much most seasons, you know, we were getting slapped, and we were. That wasn't fun as a fan. Whereas at least the Europa League, I felt like we were in a league where kind of suits the level we're at right now. Like the home tie against Atletico Madrid in our first year after the, we dropped down. That first home game, I know that it ended badly with a, with an error and all that. But when that goal, was it Lacazette who scored? Wilshire Cross, Lacazette header, I think it was. Or 
vice versa. There was pandemonium in the stadium, if I remember that rightly. But that was a quality game of football I was really quite excited about. Um, so the Europa League's not utterly dross. I think being, I want to be in the Champions League because I want to see us to be able to compete with the Barca's, the Bayern's, the Real Madrid's and whatnot. I don't want to get, like, I, I kind of see what, what Kelvin was saying. He's now not here to hear my argument. <laughs> for, anyone not, for anyone listening, Kelvin's left the room for a briefly, so I'll just talk shit and I'm joking. Um, Jenna Piers Morgan. <laughs> no. Yeah, like so. I mean, I, I was just saying that Atletico Madrid, like that was a great home tie, but I want to be able to have those home ties against like the Barcelona's, be able to compete with the Barcelona's and the Real Madrid in the Champions League. Um, we'll yeah. get by there one day. Yeah, my, we'll my, my sort of part in memory of the Champions League, you know, was that. Yeah, there's sort of massive heavy defeats over two legs to Bayern Munich um, or Barcelona, you know. And I think in like the early, early like 2010s, like 12, 13, you know, we we had a we probably didn't realise it. We, you know, we we had a better we had a better team that was more capable. But the kind of the, the late kind of last two or three seasons of the Champions League, you know, our team was very, you know, even though we had the likes of like Sanchez and Özil, we never really did much. We never really moved any mountains, you know. If we were to get in the Champions League you know, somehow it would just be completely pointless. You know, we'd be out, probably, we'd probably get through the group stage maybe, but yeah, that, that's as far. You think we would uh, right now? As far as again. No, not, 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 <laughs> no, not with our team. Um, I think it, the thing is as well though, you've kind of, sorry, to, I didn't mean to cut you off, um, but the thing is you've also got to get in it so that you can progress to competing. So you've got to get in the group stage so that you can actually start yeah. earning the resources to get out of the group stage and then earning the resources to get to the last uh, 16 and the, the quarters and so on and so forth. Um, it, it's so imperative we get, even if we get fucked over in the group stage, at least we're there and we've earned the revenue from it to go out and That's buy and improve our quality so that the next year we get back in it again continuously and the next year we have better... Obviously, I hope we go through the group stage first time around and do well, obviously. But mm. you have to be in it uh, to be yeah. able to, to try to yeah, try to avoid the the, uh, the catchphrase, you have to kind of be <laughs> in it, to, be able to progress through it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a tricky one. Though. That's what really kind of disgusts me out the Super League. Just by like you know, here we are talking about getting back into, into these competitions and building upon it. And it was sort of like the fact that the club were ready to give that up and just go, no, no, it's not for us anymore. Um, you know, but you know, it, it, it fell apart. Um, and, and I think, you know, one thing that I will say about last week is that kind of the fan power and the unity mm. across, across not just in England, across you know, the world of football has been, was, was, was a sight to see. Uh, it, was, it was really impressive to see, like, all the protests. Um, Unless you're at White Hart Lane. All, Sorry. All, te- all ten of them. Kelvin left me on. He told me to get them in while I could. We should just touch upon, we've not even touched upon their, their big day out at Wembley. <laughs> no need because it wasn't a big day, was it? The fucking losers. Did they, even, did they even have a shot on target? I'm not. I'm not in Not a great, great cut for. Well, they lost to me, think. Um, but it, it was Sorry. a great. It was a great week for, for football fans in terms of you know the, the process, and it was an incredible turnout on Friday night at the Emirates, um, which leads us on to the Everton game, which. I mean, let's be honest, the most notable thing on Friday night was the process. Um, my parting uh, gift, is that the right word, on the game was that, you know, after the game, Mikala Seta came out talking about VAR, um, which, 
you know, as right as he was. You know, if you, you look at that kind of uh, Pepe decision, it was absolutely ludicrous. And then you go back to the sack on the week before. But mm. at the same time, I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, yeah, we can't be blaming uh, blaming on these these sort of decisions. There's more layers to it than that. There's, you know, the, the performance just wasn't wasn't good enough. I was watching the highlights and actually watched the game because uh, I was out of the pub <laughs> enjoying my Friday night. What were your thoughts on the game? Welcome to you, Liam. Um, there was a great quote. So uh, I listened to Arsenal Vision quite a lot, and there was a great quote from Clive on there, and he said we managed to turn a boring nil-nil into a defeat. And uh, I, as I couldn't sum it up any better than that. Like, it was a really bog sound. It was an all right performance. A, a six, mm. seven out of ten, like, broadly six out of tens from everyone, a couple of sevens, if you're being generous here or there. And we sort of felt like we did enough to just about be a, count ourselves unlucky not to win. But, you know, draw, you can argue, might be a fair result. And we still throw it. And how many times have I been on this podcast, what, the last three or four times in a row and said, another one of them days? And just it's another one. It. I was just about to say it to you because I think we yeah. mentioned... Sorry, I just knocked the mic over there. <laughs> but uh, no, I see. I think we, we mentioned this Head last week. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about you know, that. You know what you sounded like? You know that video that Arsenal fan falls No, just falling off the watch. Oh, that was a sad... Have you seen that video? Uh, <sighs> yeah, I saw really it briefly and then went, video. no, don't want to see it again. <laughs> Public service announcement for all our Arsenal listeners. If you can handle your drink, do not climb stuff. It's pretty simple. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, moving on. It did sound like Where that. were we? Where were we? Uh, yeah, yeah another one of those games. Yeah, um, another one of those games. We said it last week. It, you know, we, we were saying if Liam's here, we'd be saying it. And God knows how many times we've had to say that, especially when it comes to our home performances this season. We've been really shit at home this year. We're actually a better side away from home, which is why I'm actually, actually dare I say, it, looking I take an ever so slight issue with that, ever so slight, because I think in lo- I think there's only two games where we've really been battered at home, Villa and yeah. Liverpool. Besides yeah. those two games, we've actually probably been arguably the better team in the vast, vast majority of them. I can't remember yeah. every single one. But I mean, this is the thing. These perf- so if I compare, I don't mean to compare Emery and Arteta, but I, I'm going to very briefly. And Now's the time to do it. Why. Now more than ever yeah, is the time to compare you, the two. <laughs> fair point. But hopefully it makes sense why, because I don't usually like to do this. But when I looked at the results under Emery and we were getting results, I couldn't help but look at it and go, this football's not sustainable. This is basketball football. This is going end-to-end and we're either going to get out, outscore them, and I'm not sure Mm. we'll do that often, or we'll get Mm. outscored probably Mm. more often than not, because that's how those games go. Um, Under Arteta, I see like it's the opposite way around. Like this football we're playing is quite sustainable. It's good build-up. It's controlled. We're just not getting the final product in in the in the attacking end of the box, yeah. and we're just not. We're, we're making stupid, stupid, fucking stupid errors. Excuse me, getting angry. Now we're getting let in out. our own. And like, what can you do there as a manager? Like, yeah, true. You can question our test on a few things. I don't want to get that discussion. It's this is really good sustainable football that we're playing, especially now since Christmas, but we're not getting the results. It's the complete reverse, and it winds me fuck up. Yeah, no, I, I completely take your point on board because maybe I was probably a bit too strong in what I was saying. I just think we're a bit sterile at home. We're not incisive enough going forward. Uh, we're very predictable. Um, one of the biggest things, that we've, or one of the biggest challenges we've had as a club is we're, we're good. Like, look at us in, cu- in the cups. 
in European games where teams actually have to come at us, we find those games easier to play in. Whereas if we get a team that's just going to sit, it's been a problem for ours for years, breaking down the teams that just want to sit with a low block. How do we get around it? Like how many times do we see our players just pass around the 18 yard box and not quite get to where we need to be in the final third? Steve is in deep thought, as I can see on the screen there. I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to say. Well, the thing is, like, I get what you're saying, uh, Liam. I'm going to I'm gonna have to disagree with you, though. I'm allowed to do this because you know, it's, it's, it's our podcast, so we can do what we like. Um, the thing is, like, I get what you're saying in terms of Emery Ball um, and the way Arteta sets up, but I feel like with this system, we rely on too many fine margins to win games. So, for example, the penalty decision goes against us, gets pulled back by VAR. Saka's goal um, it wasn't Saka's goal, but it was uh, Tobias. Um, you know, the penalty. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Are like, uh, oh, you talking like yeah, yeah. yeah. so those two? Those two VARD calls, you know, were the difference between a goal, um, and it's the fine they... margins. And but at the same time, like I said previously, like with, with Arteta's comments, what my frustration. My friend didn't say it very well. But my frustration is like he's blaming VAR, and the and the VAR calls are ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. Like they are. You you just. It makes you sort of just think, what the fuck is going on? And, and if fans are in the ground, that's just—it's going to be bedlam, you know. But at the same time, you know, we can't rely on the system to win games. We need to be able to win games without relying on these fine margins, and we're just not. Um, you know, I was listening to um, the Arsbug, and he made a really good point about, you know, we're not blowing teams away. We are a classic mid-table team, and it, it, it comes down to, you know. Most games are going to be one or two one, and and we're not doing enough to to win games. Ultimately, we're not doing enough to create chances. Like you, you look at our last sort of five or six games, apart from uh, the Sparta Prague game, you know we don't create enough chances. I know in the home leg we, you know, we could have had three or four goals, but we didn't really create that many clear cut chances. And that's the issue for me. You you can talk about the systems better, and we do make a lot of errors at the back, but going forward, we just don't create enough goals, um, create enough yeah. chances. You can't argue with that. You know, you, you look at no, 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 it, it is abysmal. And I, and, I, and I do agree with you. Like, there are a lot of games where the Leicesters, the Wolves, um, Southampton's, there's, there's loads of them where we've, we've drew and we've lost at home. And we, you are right, we've been very comfortable. Like, we've had the ball, you know, we've had much more possession, but we've created two chances. You know, you look at the, I think it was, it was Fulham, or where we had like two shots or three shots on target, if that. It, it's... Yeah, it, you can dominate yeah. a game all you want, but if you're not creating any chances, it, it counts for nothing. And that's my issue with Arteta. My issue is we are so predictable and it's so stale going forward. Um, you know, you, yeah. you've got to... You, I feel like we need to take the shackles off a bit, you know? You look at Joe Willock, just sort of... He's been thrown into Newcastle's team. You know, he, he isn't sort of being given these strict sort of like, yeah, this is where you need to play, this is what you're doing in the game. He's just getting in amongst it and, and he's banging goals in. I feel like that, that's what we, we need a bit more of that. I feel like there's too much man management going forward. Okay. I mean, I Sorry. can kind of see, I can kind of see where you're coming <laughs> no, from. That... And I, no, 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 don't worry. Sorry, I didn't know when you were stopping. Um, I, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Don't worry. I, I partly agree, partly disagree. On the fine margins with the Varkles... I mean, you're on the fence, about... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good to know. I'm doing a couple. Um, um, where was I? No, the far margin, the varicles. So 
the, the only ones I get annoyed about are the subjective ones that seem less subjective to me personally. Like VAR lines in this offside, whether I don't like the implementation, but if you're offside, the rule says you're offside, like the goal line technology. If the ball goes in, it's either over the line or it's not. With an offside, you're either offside or you're not. So I get less worried about them. But you're right, we need to take the fine margins out of the equation because they are there are too many games decided on those fine margins. And, you know, that's partly Arteta. Can Arteta coach us to do more pattern plays in the box? Can, we, can he work on ways for us to get into the box more? And actually, I think we've seen that. We just need to be confident enough to shoot on goal because players have to take a bit of responsibility on the pitch as well. And they just have to, somebody like Martinelli, just get shots off. Like the, the save that Pickford made at the end from Martinelli, that's something we don't do from our, our players do not do enough. There's, there's one player that does who shouldn't. Who's that player? Thomas Barney. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because I hyped up his shooting from distance before he signed for oh. us. Uh, that went well. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, just to just drop in there, on, I, f- I swear on FIFA, on his special skills, he's, he's got a long range shot. He can shoot. Atletico Madrid. At Atletico Madrid, watch some of his clips. He scored some worldies. He scored a few, good few worldies more than Xhaka has at us. Um, um, I tell you now, he scored some worldies. Fuck knows why he can't in England. He needs. He needs <laughs> he a few. Uh, some. He few sessions with uh, El Nenny. As um, the guy Ty on Arsenal Fan TV once said, it, uh, the weather conditions weren't right for us tonight. Maybe it was the rain. Uh, a bit windy. Liam, just on the Altair thing, because I love, you know, I, I'm chasing the dog around there at the same time. Uh, so apologies yeah. for that. But, um, is that a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You can't be saying that. The dog I is. I mean, it's your anniversary. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Anyway, she's getting ready. She's on. getting ready. She's got, she's got the black. Uh, the black. Getting ready for what? Going for a trip to fucking Tesco's? <laughs> it's really lockdown over it's nothing to do but she's um like Arsenal she's, podcast. She's, yeah, Arsenal the, podcast. It, she's preparing the red room <laughs> the what room <laughs> is it the red room have you, have you ever seen 50 shades of grey funnily enough no. mate no i thought i'd no. tie with arsenal the red room okay okay yeah no, i like it i like where you're going yeah a bit of arsenal in there but anyway the question i wanted anyway. to ask kind of well, actually both of you because you're having a nice little disagreement session which is actually nice and healthy because it's a good conversation and it's nice to see both both sides with, with valid points to be honest with you this is why i love sitting on fence if if arteta gets knocked out in the semi-final by unai emery how where do you sit especially when you think of our league and our league form as well and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not I trying to push an agenda or say I'll tether in or tether out. No, but no, no. That's not a good look. I absolutely hate this answer. Oh, I hate to be the one to say it. I've really, I've re- honestly, truly do hate to be the one that says this, but I, I, I don't know until the game's been played. So I don't know how we go out no, yet. But like if we are absolutely shocking and we are putting the absolutely dreadful performance when this is all or nothing, I've got to be looking at our tether and saying, what have you done to get these players up for this game? Part of your management is getting mm. your team geared up, not just tactically in your preparations on the pitch, but you've got to get them fighting. That, that's part of my job as a coach, to get my team out on that pitch fighting. Yeah. Um, so I would question there. But if we go out on like dodgy penalty call that's completely subjective and has gone against us, 
or, or, we, or Leno play does well. a howler, or Jacker does a howler, or Louise, yeah. or Mari, or anyone I like. like. I don't know how we go out yet, if we go out. No, no, look, it's a, it's a purely hypothetical question, and it's just, I'm interested, because I know that you're not, look, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, Steve's Arteta out, and look, we're just looking at, we're looking at the situation with very um, unbiased eyes, I think. I'm just looking at it logically and just thinking it's not a good look when you're 10th in the league because, you know, we've spoke about this before. The league table doesn't lie. That is what your club should be judged. That is what a manager and your players should be judged on is, is you know, 38 games, where do, you, where do you end up? And we're literally bang in the middle at the minute and we're not a great football side to watch on the eye. Um, we haven't been for most of the season. There was a chunk in the middle where we were pretty decent, actually. But I just think with the league finish, if we, you know, we're not really going to go much higher than where we are. Um, and then if you'd get knocked out by your former manager, who we all thought wasn't good enough. And let's be honest, if we all look at it on paper, Villarreal aren't as good a team as Arsenal or as big of a club as well. So it would have been technically from our points of view looking at it as a bit of a step down to go manage Villarreal so if he was to come and then knock us out the following fucking season it's, it's it, not yeah I think it bodes well that there are no fans um, at their ground for it um, you know it's interesting though I think I mean regardless of of, of where we go go for or not he's going to be the job next season I, I don't think Arteta's going anywhere um, but I think I think if if we go out and it's one of those games where, like, you know, we go out by the one goal and it, you know, we were unlucky. And I think people will be a lot more understanding wherever, you know, like Liam said, if, if we turn up and we're an absolute shower of shit and it's an, it's an embarrassment, yeah. then there's going to be a lot more people turn, turning the screw. I do... This, this is the last thing I say. We'll move on. Um, with the, I don't want to make it about an, an Arteta in and out debate. No, no, but no. But it, no. Does, it does baffle me a little bit by the, the constant sort of, the positive, positivity around him because I'm sort of sat there thinking, I'm seeing the, the results, I'm seeing the performances, just thinking, you know, you, you know, we sit off on the podcast, you know, when, when we talk about a game post match, we can just basically copy and paste the previous week's podcast because it's the same, it's so predictable, mm. you know. Oh, we had all the possession and we didn't create enough, and you know, we had, and we got a shaft by VAR. Um, I I'd just love to watch I a game just... of football with. I'd love. Sorry to jump in there, just very quickly. I'd love to watch a game of football like back with you guys as well, where we take the emotion out. Because I see we play good football. Trust me, we we play some good football. When you no, watch we do. Like a, I agree. I'd love to watch it with you guys. So we play like, good we just, football. We can see it. But we're just not incisive, efficient. decisive, and efficient. Yeah, and this yeah. is when we get to that final third where. You know, all that good stuff you're talking about, Liam, I see it. Like, the way we play out from the back, if you look at the, you know, the differences between Unai and, and, and Arteta, like, we were shite defensively. We were letting, like, 20-plus shots at our goal every game. Like you said, it was basketball. Whereas now there's a lot more control, which has meant that there's more, a bit more structure. It's a little less entertaining to watch, to be honest. I don't, like you, Liam, I don't think we're playing terribly. Like, we didn't play terribly on Friday. There's been a lot of games where we've lost to some ridiculous decisions or whatever, just bad luck. But we do have a problem, I believe, in that final third. That's what, yeah. what I was I saying. Don't disagree. What I, I and I agree with both of you, but this is every week. 
So what I'm mm. trying to say is I don't understand why there's such support for Arteta. Like, I, I, listen, I don't think we should be on top of rooftops, you know, flowing, uh, throwing flares at the guy. You know, I, I want it, I want it, I want him to stay, and I want him to work it, work it out, and, and get it right. But I don't think there's enough questions of him. I just, I just feel like people are, are far too accepting of some very, very middle of the road, mediocre performances. You know, the week that we're we're announcing a Super League. You know, with the European elite, we draw one all at home to Fulham, and then we lose one at home to Everton. Mm. Um, but then I also but, look at it and I go, we've had a very average performance against Everton, and Everton, who are higher than us in the league. I don't mm. think Everton are great, but they're higher than us in the league. We put mm. in an average performance and still arguably could have. Ourselves. You could make an argument that we should have won that game. And yeah, but play, with player points. to player, we, player to player, we should be beating them though. Not yeah, necessarily. I Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a much more modern footballer. Uh, James Rodriguez, mm, okay, he's not so good anymore. But um, Lucas Digne, I think, is a decent player. Ben, got Ben Godfrey at the back. He's a very good centre back. Very, very good centre back. Mm. Allen, I quite rate quite highly. Mm. Um, literally, just going through their team now, trying to think. Of just go for every single Theo Walcott, brilliant. We've got all night. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just trying to say that. I know. I'm just trying to say that they've they've got a good team. Mm. Uh, they've got good players. We played averagely, and still you could make an argument whether we would have done or not. It's a completely different story. There's mm. an argument that we played well enough to still win that. If that finishes nil nil, there is an argument that we win that game. That we go. It's an, and it's another one of them, that. isn't it? Really. But that's the thing is, we've said it, like we already touched on it earlier, there's been too many one of those days. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Never... And again, like Liam, I'm I'm not Arteta out on this. I think I said it to Steve for the first time this week, I have swung slightly off the fence, maybe, you know, slithering down and getting some more split. But I'm, I'm very dubious of what he's doing from a league point of view. But however, like I've said from day one, because of all the bad luck and circumstances and all that stuff, we can't. I can't. I won't judge him until until Christmas coming. Uh, I think we've got a very interesting summer ahead of us for multiple reasons. One thing on... pre-season as well. Yeah, that's that's right. One thing I wanted to ask you guys really quickly, actually. Um, I don't want to spend too long on it. What are your thoughts on Leno? He's having a real bad run at the moment. You know, never mistake for the two goal. Goal um, two goal goalkeeper of... union here. Yeah. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, listen, I know that's mine. why. I, that's why I ask because I'm, you know, yeah, I know I'm, I'm no goalkeeper. Um, I think people are very, very quick to criticise Leno. You know, he's been a very good keeper long term, but there, there is, you know, from what I'm gauging, there are a lot of people who feel like we need, um, you know, someone at the next level in that position. Um, well, you know, forget Martinez. That's he's gone. Um, but do you think we do, we do need an upgrade in that position, or do you think he's good enough? He's good enough for now. Um, for the level we're at, and I think that there's multiple factors to this. You know, he signed for us. We're, we're, no, we, we, we weren't Champions League when he signed. Um, no, that was our aim. Emery's first season. Well, that was our aim. It hasn't gone well since he's been at the club, so he's definitely thinking about that. I don't think his comments helped there. Was it either last week or the week before where he wasn't really giving much away about his future at the club. But I know you said don't mention Emmy Martinez. Pains me, mate. As someone who's been played in goal, I couldn't believe. And you've just mentioned him. I had to though, mate. <laughs> I, had, I had to. I had to because okay. it, that decision did frustrate me because as a goalkeeper, he was more of the complete package in my eyes than what Leno is. And from a goalkeeper point of view, it's 
it's, it's, it's all about, you know, um, awareness. It's about, you, you know, your voice. Um, he was very commanding. His distribution was much better than Leno's. But he's gone. So there we he's go. Got, I know, but unless, it's just unless another, back. it's another example, clear example of a poor decision. Yeah. from someone no, high up within the club. No, I agree. I'll say I, no more. No, it is frustrating. No, I, I do agree, mate. Like, don't worry, I do agree. But I, I did say in the terms and conditions, <laughs> do not no need any Martinez. No, um, you know, in he, short, he, I keep him. This is this is the guy who did let like, five in at Anfield and five in at Reading. Just, just so you know. And I was at Anfield last season when he let in five, and I wasn't particularly impressed. Uh, Liam, what, what are your thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, I, I like Leno for now, I feel it was the key word from what Calvin just said. I think when we get to Champions League and we're pushing it higher, I think there's an upgrade opportunity, but that's uh, it's not a priority, not right now. I, t- I just think he's out of form. Uh, mm-hmm. And Well, okay, I think he's out of form, first and foremost, because I thought his distribution, which has been a major piss-off factor for me Thanks. since we got him, yeah. I think it actually improved pre-Burnley. So up to Burnley, I thought, actually, your kicking's got a bit better. These fades over the top have got much more accurate, much more reliable. It weren't always brilliant still, but yeah, I can see the improvement in him. Oh. Uh, I wasn't quite seeing the, the aerial dominance, but I didn't also see the need for him to be there. So I did, did see improvement in him in, in those areas that Martinez is, I would consider, superior. Mm. Um, I just think he's massively out of form. And I yeah. do also wonder if there's a slight concentration problem with him. Because okay. I, I just want to break down the goal he concedes. So. He'd actually made a good save earlier in the game. Not a top save, not a world-class save, but a good save. And it was a save that you just think, yeah, good, you made a save. Now get through the rest of the game and you're good. Like, that, that, that's what brings your form back. But the, he hasn't had anything to do for the rest of the game. And the first thing, Kelvin, now you're back, you'll probably, <laughs> uh, you'll be able to probably back me up on this. Yeah. When you, when you go down for a low ball like that, it's a slight awkward one because you have to take a step out, but a big step out to get it. And it's probably too short for you to collapse onto. So mm-hmm. there's a choice to be made. He's gone with this barrier for a scoop. And when you go for a scoop, I was always taught hands first. Your hands always go to the ball, scoop or otherwise even really, but your hands mm-hmm. go to the ball and the rest of your body is a backup. It's a fail safe. Mm-hmm. But he's got his leg in first because he knows he's got to take a big step. So he's mm-hmm. gone leg first. He's then got his hands down, but it's he's too slow. And I think his concentration just wasn't quite there. And if it was, his hands go down quicker and we, we're not talking about this anymore. And we're, we're not talking about, and do we replace Leno? We talk about a Leno who's gone, okay, couple of clean sheets, made a good save, sorted. Yeah, shit happens. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, I mean, you guys would know better than me. Like... You mentioned he's out of form and maybe he's low on confidence. I imagine as a keeper, out of all the positions, that must be once you lose your confidence, that must be so like mentally challenging to get back because you know mm. you, you ask every ball, you're just literally thinking, "Do not fuck this up." You know, the, you make one mistake and your confidence mm. goes; it can just drop so much. It must be really tough to, to sort of build that back up as a goalkeeper. Um, I think it's a confidence full stop. If you lose, it's hard to get back in in, in football, in my opinion. But more uh, so goalie, though, right? Because you know, kind as an of, and again, player, look, there isn't you 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 know, as an Apple player, you aren't necessarily the last line defence. The problem know. is, and I think what I look at is, and again, look, as we've touched on, I didn't play football to a ridiculously high standard, but you can kind of touch on it because it you can kind of talk about it in a way that would make sense. So obviously, I played up front and I've played in goal. I've missed some cities and I've also dropped a clanger in my time. Trust me. 
Um, the difference is between the two, the only time you'll think about missing your opportunity when you're playing at front is any time where you're not doing something, which isn't that often. You might think about it before you get another chance, but as a goalkeeper, in that prime example, if you look at that game that Lennon was involved in on Friday, he had fuck all to do. So he's got all the time in the world to think about that mistake. So say if we have a similar game pattern tomorrow against Villarreal, where he hasn't got a lot to do, he's thinking away. Your mind doesn't stop. Um, he'll be thinking about that. And Whether that's, that's the worst. Happen. Sorry, sorry, I didn't realise the power. No, 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 absolutely. Cut in, yeah, cut in, yeah. yeah so uh, the worst thing is, it, it, that's the kind of the worst mindset to have as a goalkeeper. Because if you're thinking, shit, I can't make an error, I bet you any money, you will make an error. When you're thinking of that, you will make an error. Playing now, as I'm I'm a goalkeeper, if if I'm playing now and I've made an error in a game, which happens rather too often, (laughs) if I'm honest, um, I have to get out of that mindset. Otherwise, I will make another one. I have to physically tell myself, stop. Remember, you can play. And sometimes I need a save to remind myself that, okay, I can play. And I thought Leno had got that save against Everton as well. I was really, really disappointed. It it kind of ended up backfiring a little bit. Mm. Um, But yeah, that is the worst mindset to have as well. Because you will make a mistake if if that's what's going through your mind. And you're right, it happens. It comes down to soft hands. You'll hear this, sorry, Steve, just before you come back in there, you hear this expression about having soft hands. And this is where it comes from. If you're tense, you're, you're stiff. All your joints are stiffer. You're not as free as movement where... So it is funny, isn't it? I mean, goalkeeping is a really funny one and it's one of the most... Un- it's one of the biggest unknowns when it comes to football, I think. But people knowing how to think about it because not there's not many of us that are or have played in goal because you just think, oh, you're a goalkeeper. This week marked... Uh, the Sunday just gone, marked 17 years since Arsenal won the League of Water Lane. Um, an incredible moment in Arsenal's history. We had a conversation today, didn't we, Calvin? I said, I can't believe that was 17 years ago. I can't even, yeah. what I think is even more mad is the fact that Arsenal haven't won the league since. Uh, you were actually at the game. I'd love to hear some of your memories. Have you got, can you remember Do you know what what's, day? Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of the, one of the greatest days supporting Arsenal football club in the whole time I've been doing it, uh, which consciously is about 30 years, I'd say. Great day out. The one thing I think I've said this to you before, though, we've all read and watched stuff about 89. Now I would have been three years old in 89, so it's before my time. I don't remember it. But my dad was at that game. I've watched the films. I've read the books. And you hear so often about how clear and precise people's memories are around that day. I think, look, slightly different times. Um, you know, technology are coming to play by this time. Mobile phones, we're all distracted at all times by whatever the fuck we can be distracted by. Back then, you live more in the moment, I believe. Um, look, it was brilliant. I mean, I remember the build-up. I remember... Because it wasn't until, you know, the game before. Who played? I can't remember. Chelsea drew, didn't they? Chelsea drew, which gave, then gave us the opportunity to then go and, you know, get a point and win the league. Whereas I think that's the slight difference was maybe I wasn't, you know, that's not what I woke up thinking that we could win the league that day. Because, you had you know, I'm one of those. I look at things quite realistically. I hate relying on other people. Um, maybe that's the difference and why maybe didn't quite take as much of the early part of the day in. Because, you know, when we went up to Anfield, it was a case of it's it's this. It's black and white. Nothing needs to change beforehand. This is the situation. Whereas, the you know, the situation changed for us. You know, being in White Hart Lane, it was my second time being there. Weirdly, the first time I ever went there. 
for my sins, guys, please don't kill me for this. I sat in the Tottenham end with my brother, who's a Newcastle fan, to watch Tottenham Newcastle. That hurts saying that. Really fucking hurts saying that. Um, the things unclean, you do, unclean, unclean. The thing you do for your family. But anyway, it we've, was, all, we've all done it, mate. Yeah, we were phenomenal that uh, that season. You know, in the first half, we blew them away, no problem. Um, concentration with our goalkeeper lacked maybe a little bit that day. Um, just just crazy Jens having one of his moments, getting wound up by Robbie Keane. Really funny to see how how much they celebrated. We've all seen Thierry explain the, the story about Tariko, I think it was, celebrating. Yeah. It was kind of like that in the stands at the time as well. They celebrated that equaliser like it really meant something. It, you know, we've all been in the stand where last-minute goals are scored one way or another, whether that's to draw or whether that's to win a game. Do you, do you think, sorry to interrupt, do you think they actually yeah. realised or, or, do, you think that, or do, they think they, do, they, do they think they'd stopped us winning the league? I think they, they must did, have yeah. known. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Surely I you must have. Yes I mean, I wasn't there, so I was only about seven at the time. Yeah. But I, a part of me just goes, if... Even if it is Chelsea had to draw for this to become a possibility, somewhere that's still going to be in the back of your mind. If it was mm. the roles reversed, I'd think surely, like, we have to fucking win. Like, a draw ain't good enough. I know we have to win. I, I feel like you must know. Yeah. I mean, Tottenham back then, and again, no, dis- no disrespect, not that we really give a shit. They weren't quite at the heights that they are now. And I say heights. Not sure, but they still. are now. But, you know, back then for Tottenham, it was just don't fucking lose. I mean, I look at that game. I never want to lose that game. But, you know, it's, it's a hard one to look at. Like, if it was the other way around, would we celebrate it? I don't, probably not. No, you probably know, not. It, it's interesting because like, a lot of Arsenal fans sort of say, like, the fact that we didn't win ruined it for them. But I actually, in a weird way, think it's even better just because of how much they celebrated at the end. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I, I know. Still... I Honestly, I, I think it makes it even sweeter. The fact that they celebrated that. And then moments later, the flies come out and it's on read. And, and, and it's it's beautiful. And I think it is, yeah. that's Hopefully. it made it even sweeter that we drew. And I think yeah. even though some people may disagree and say we, we, we should have won the game, we should have won the game. Um during the first lockdown, someone uploaded that whole game onto YouTube and I oh, watched really? it. And we battered them that day. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen the highlights. We could have should have won the game four or five nil. Incredible day. I'm very jealous uh, that you got to experience that, mate. Did you? you know, I, I, I guess you were older to drink. We, we drink. We I was seventeen years. at the time, so look. Let's be honest. Legally not old enough, but we all did, didn't we? We all dabbled probably from the age of fifteen onwards. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, it was a beautiful day, mate. Really, really sunny. Great afternoon. You know, being locked in the ground, we've all experienced it. Not not in in, in the UK as such, but when we do away trips in Europe, you're always locked in the ground afterwards. That was the case here for obvious reasons, but it was. You didn't care. We were in there it for quite mental. a while afterwards. The you know the atmosphere was great in the corner. Um, you know we were celebrating with the players effectively just in that corner, and we were there for a while. And you know getting that blow up trophy, which is all a rage back then. And you know we see the pictures of you know Thierry and Cashley, you know on the centre circle. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just Are you in the upper tier. Sorry. Yeah, I was up a the... tier away, and yeah, those those two goals were, were unbelievable that day as well. Yeah, they were sublime goals, um, Steve. I mean, that was what we were renowned for back then. You know, that that sublime counter-attack, power, pace. You know, we were, you know, back to front in. It was, it was just what, well, that's what Arsenal played. That's how we played. And, 
you know, the two the two goals we scored were fantastic. Thierry Henry was Thierry Henry carrying the ball as well as he did. But, you know, I look back to that day and I'm forever grateful for my old man. I wasn't supposed to be going to that game. And I only found out I was going to the game maybe two days before. He unfortunately then had work commitments that day, which meant that one ticket became free. And off I went. I mean, now I would have definitely pulled a sticky. <laughs> but, thank God, but for your sake, thank God he didn't. I mean, I don't have any memories of this game. I was seven at the time, as I mentioned. Uh, I do find it quite amusing that it it was the anniversary on the same day as the League Cup final. <laughs> it's not a good day for Tottenham fans, and I love it. Yeah, oh, I love that extra sweet. bit. Yeah, just an extra little little punch to the guts, guys. You know, forever. Can't smile without you. W- one you of know. my good friends is actually a Tottenham fan, but he doesn't really. He takes it too well. He's not. He's not invested enough. So I want to give him shit. Boring. Would you be there, Steve? Think about it. If you had to follow Tottenham your entire life so far, <laughs> look how uninvested you, you didn't even watch us on Friday. I'm te- I mean, yeah. It's because I'm <laughs> so... I can, we talk, we talk about this before we go. Like in the North Bank, put a really good post out about this um, mm. on, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I do feel a little bit alienated this season. I don't have any fans there, not going to games. I think it just boils down to me. I'm just a bit bored of watching the same predictable football every week in an empty stadium. That's fair. So, you know, well, but I'll be back again. I'll be watching it tomorrow. I'm sure you guys will be. Quick, quick prediction. Are you confident we're going to win? Go don't want to do a prediction. We never do predictions, actually, on this podcast. Never done I, do, I hate predictions. We never I do. don't bet on Arsenal yeah. ever. Never no, bet on we're not asking you to put money here. Yeah? No, 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 but for the same reasons. You don't I, even I want to throw it out in the universe. It doesn't it's even wrong. want to put it in the universe. On, I don't on dare. Note. On that note, over to you, mate, to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, I think, yeah, on that note, I, I think, look, I, I, I'm kind of with Liam. I don't bet on Arsenal and I don't like throwing predictions out. But I have got, just on this, I weirdly got into a habit lately of asking my missus, who's got no interest in football whatsoever, what she thinks the score will be. And I think it was before the, the Europa League game that we won 4-0 away from home. That's when I, that's the first time I did it. She goes, oh, you'll win, you'll win 3-1 and Lacazette scored twice. It was close. And I asked her next game. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask her tomorrow and we'll see how that goes. But ask look, her, or do you dare her, ask her? Ask her if you'll get lucky tonight. <laughs> see what she says. <laughs> Why are you dirtbagging here? Why do you want to know? Listeners don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, look, on that bombshell, definitely think it's time to end the show. Um, look, as always, you know, we just want to thank you for taking the time to this podcast. You know, we hope you enjoyed it. We look, it's been a bit of an entertaining few weeks, maybe not from an Arsenal football point of view, but from a football perspective in general. Uh, I think we've all been uh, probably bought into it a little bit more than we have been. Um, if you want to follow us, any of us on the social medias, you can do so. Steve can be found on Instagram at In The Clock End and Twitter. You'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore or Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And you'll find our resident Dutchie, Liam. Um, he'll be at... Gronin Guna on Twitter. Liam, I don't know your Instagram, so I'm just going to leave that there. Anyway, it's a personal one, don't worry. It's a, oh, yeah, personal, we'll leave that there. Anyway, look, please keep an eye on our socials then for the next and upcoming podcast, likely to be after the next game. Probably we'll do it at the weekend. We'll let you know. Uh, but until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.